This week on the clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by the owner of the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse, Jay Goldberg. Without Jay, I'm not even sure this podcast would even exist. Jay chats with us about loving the Mets as a kid and how he's maintained his fandom through some rough years in Queens. If you live anywhere near New York City, you need to drop what you are doing right now and make your way down to the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse on 67 East 11th Street. You can keep listening to the show during the commute. Don't worry. This place is truly my home away from my home ballpark. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball, left field, it's deep! Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great day for baseball. I'm Anish Chain, and sitting next to me is the effortlessly talented and diehard Cubs fan, Anthony Rapp. You know, our first guest from owning this wonderful Brigino Baseball Clubhouse. Jay, give me the, give the address of the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse. 67 East 11th Street in the landmark Cast Iron Building. It is. If you are a baseball fan in the Tri-State area and you haven't been to this clubhouse, you are doing it wrong. This place is my second home. I am here virtually every single week during the baseball season. Jay cannot get rid of me. So joining us in the clubhouse today is owner Jay Goldberg. So, Jay, you are a diehard Mets fan. Is that correct? Uh, unfortunately, that is correct. How did that happen? How did that How did that come to be? Uh, birth. Uh, my, uh, through my dad. But are you, is it, are you Brooklyn, Long Island? Born in Queens. Queens, yeah. But grew up in South Jersey and Philly's territory. Oh, whoa. Uh, believe how, it or but not. So, then, so you were like behind. Not only are you a Mets fan, but you're behind enemy lines. How does that yeah, that happen? was difficult. Although the Phillies were, for the most part of my childhood, were pretty lousy. Also, so. okay. Well, wait. When was okay? So, what, well, era, actually, what the, era is this? Like, really? Uh, we well, I we moved to Cherry Hill in uh, 1967. Okay. So, but so that's close to the Miracle Mets. Yeah. So I was there for the Miracle Mets, and then through '73 again, and then kind of things went south. But by '78, I was back in New York. Okay. So, not that anything's been better with the Mets for the most part, <laughs> except for one or two yeah, years. Yeah, at 86. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's from childhood, uh, uh, from young childhood, like probably most fans. That's how, how it works. And was it TV or radio or going to the ballpark or all three? Uh, all three and my dad, mainly my dad, but all three with my dad. So my dad was a, a baseball lunatic who, for the most part, rooted for the New York baseball giants although he just loved going to any game but he grew up in manhattan on the lower east side so the giants were a manhattan team people didn't think of them that way but they were the manhattan team uh obviously they left i was born in 1960 so there was no team really other than the yankees and that was never gonna happen so (laughs) that was uh, (laughs) never gonna happen so my dad uh when the, I'm about the same age as the Mets, in effect, from 62. Yeah. So I, that was it. He became a Mets fan, and, of course, I was going to be a Mets fan. And who was the—do you know the, like the history in terms of the Mets, like who actually got them again in New York, a, t- a team, how that happened? A, a major part of it is William Shea, uh, who with Shea Stadium, sure. obviously, he was named after. The funny thing is sometimes I laugh when people who don't know baseball and they talk about Chase Stadium and they'll write it and it, it's it's C-H-E-Z. Yeah. <laughs> Very fancy. Definitely not Chase Stadium. No, no. Uh, but Mm-mm. yeah, so he was a major lawyer, uh, a very powerful lawyer tied in with the city government. And he's pretty much the driving force behind bringing National League Baseball back to New York. There was a time when... One of our esteemed guests who actually was here, uh, Bill Giles, one of the owners of the Phillies, uh, his father, uh, Warren Giles, and of some of his cohorts basically said, we don't need National League Baseball in New York ever again. And it was kind of Will, uh, Bill Shea who brought it back. But what was the, th- do you know what his, like, that's such a strong statement. Why was he so, why did he feel that way? Do you have any idea? Uh, Shea or Giles? No, Giles. Giles. Like, 
I'm not sure what the drive. That's a very good question. I don't know what the driving force was behind their their, their plan. I'm sure there was politics had to play a role in this. Sure, uh, of course. Yeah, money, uh, <laughs> money and politics. Yeah, follow yes. the money. Well, so because uh, so the uh, the Dodge and the Giants left in '59 and 50, uh, about '57. '57. Okay, so so, so New York just, has only had yeah. one team for for a couple of years there. Right. So you said you pretty much grew up, you know, you are the same age as the Mets. So you grew up going to Shea Stadium then. That was pretty much your home ballpark as a kid. Exactly. So Did you I'm, recognize how ugly it was? That's, it literally was ask. I know it's hard to, to, to speak ill of the place where you learn how to love the game. Because I get that, you know, um, I grew up going to Tiger Stadium and it, it, I loved it. But there were definitely some, objectively speaking, some places in that park that were kind of falling apart. But Shea, yeah, I remember seeing some games there in the 2000s and oof. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, sight lines weren't so great there. You know, it's funny because, uh, and you guys could will relate to this in your own way, and any diehard baseball, baseball fan will relate to this. And people who, who don't like baseball, who have some other passion from childhood will, will relate to this. Yeah, it was a dump, but it was also beautiful in, sure. in a way to a Mets fan. Sure. Because it's, it's my dump. Exactly. exactly. And <laughs> no, it was that's, really that's... New York. It's kind of like if you love New York, you love like the, I think it was a Cole Porter song or whatever. I, I, I love the stink of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's So you love, I loved all the concrete. It's very New York, that yeah, ballpark. Yeah. Uh, and when did they have the, the, was the top hat and the, and the apple from the early days or did that come later? That came later. Yeah. Uh, that came in the 80s, right? That came with the, yeah, the magic. Uh, yeah. yeah it, the it was, magic. It was a magical is back. top hat, if I remember yeah, correctly. That came oh, that later. was a campaign? Like yeah, a, yeah, like it, was, a, it was a marketing campaign. Yeah. <laughs> and I got an idea. We'll call it The Magic is Back, and then we'll put up a little top hat, exactly and then we'll have an apple come out of it when they exactly. hit a home run. <laughs> Brilliant. But you know what, though? No, I got it. You know, people now don't know that it's a marketing campaign, and they just associate the big sure. apple coming out. And now they've got the, the old Magic top hat is in the, uh, the concourse there at City Field, and they've yeah. got one that's like five times the size of it yes. in, inside City Field. Now it's just, it's cartoonishly large. Yes. But it's on steroids. It, yes. it really uh, is. It's, yeah. it, it, it came in with the 90s. But uh, actually, the funny thing is, for uh, getting back to Shea for a second, the, you can also tell somebody's age to some degree. But I don't know if you guys remember this. Shea at one time had those blue and orange like panels outside. Yep. Uh, you mean outside, or like around the the structure? Yeah. yeah which is what the the inspiration for that. I know nobody can see this, but the inspiration for that uh, uh, artwork. And then they came down because the owners didn't like them anymore. The the current owners and uh they put up those neon like kind of those neon figures outside mm, mm -hmm. and old-time Met fans were furious about that and these blue and orange things because they tied in with the world's fair that was part of it okay and P Met fans love those blue and orange panels outside Chase Stadium yeah to, that, to us it was beautiful kind of like the Ivy Wrigley yeah so of course to speak, yeah sure you know. Uh, so I don't know. It was just, and it was falling apart, Shay. And I was at a game when they played the Cardinals in the playoffs, and and literally, that stadium was shaking from the from the noise. And yeah, you could from, you could feel yeah. it. You could actually yeah. feel it. Yeah, but there's there's a charm to that though. There is like if as long as you feel like you're safe, as long as you feel like it's not going to go all crumbling down. Yeah, you know, I remember going to uh, uh, the first game at RFK when the uh, Nationals first came from uh, Montreal, and similarly, that stadium was oh, I mean falling apart as well and people were jumping up and down and you could feel the entire stadium rock back and forth back and forth i don't know i i feel like there is is because it was duke basketball i think where they've they've become accustomed to do that's kind of what they do every year to show their craziness of sorts so i, don't know, I, I feel like that that's part of of uh, stadium visiting that i that i would like it to, to be a part of it. We'd like to hope that the engineers have accounted for that a little bit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I know in San Diego, they've, they've uh, and I think in San Francisco as well, they've got basically, they've built it to be earthquake safe. So they've got yeah. all these places. So right, make it earthquake safe, but at least let, let it rock a little bit when, when the place is packed. Now, Absolutely. I will say, I've only, I only saw a couple games at Shea, and it was when the Mets, you know, it was just in the last several years. So the Mets, it was not one of the years where they were in the playoffs, which wasn't that long ago, you know? Right. So I didn't get to experience, like, the crazy fandom going nuts at Shea. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, I could. De- it, there definitely was a baseball vibe. There it wasn't even. It wasn't that. It was just oh, yeah. like the the. It was like the seats, you know, the yeah, the sight lines, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I do. I think that City Field is, you know, for the new for these new generations of stadiums, it's it's one of the nicer ones that I've been to. I don't know how you feel as the as the longtime Mets fan. If does City Field make you happy or sad, or you know, it's like. I find it very generic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Met fans felt that way, so they've the Met the, the fans have forced the owners to make it a little bit more Met oriented. And how does that? What does that look like to you? What do you mean? Well, when it first opened, you walked in and there's the Jackie Robinson Rotunda, yep. which mm-hmm. obviously he's the man. There's no question. But he never played right. one ball game for the Mets, right. obviously. So, yeah. I mean, it's great to honor Jackie Robinson, but maybe you should honor some Mets too. And uh, the Met ownership, for some reason, doesn't really uh, doesn't take any pride in their own history. The fans do, but the owners don't. So Met fans were uh, push, putting all this pressure on the owners to finally honor some of the Mets. So they started to put they started to first of all they put blue and orange in the uh, stadium, which in the beginning yeah it was all black yeah. yeah black green all yeah. the seats are green yeah yeah part of Shea Stadium's. Uh, Beauty was the orange seat. Oh, yeah, the orange seats. People think yeah. the whole stadium was orange seats. It was only the box seats that were orange, but it oh, was so... Yeah. It's in your mind that, yeah, it was all, all orange seats. And uh, so now they've, they've uh, done more honoring the Mets. There's a little Mets museum, which, of course, the Mets didn't have anything in there. They didn't save anything, so two big Mets fans had to loan everything. So when you go into the Mets museum, which is attached to the gift shop... Uh, it yeah. used to be all gift shop, and they kind of cut part of it out and made a museum. You'll see little tags on everything, you know, loaned or whatever from the collection of. And oh, it's wow. all these two guys. Uh, but do they have the big stuff? Do they have, like, Tom Seaver balls? I mean, do they well, they have, have the like, trophies in there. They have the trophies. Yeah. Not, most of it is not from—they didn't save anything, uh, the Mets organization. What so, do you mean? They threw it away? They, I, I guess they didn't care about a lot of this stuff. So Even when they won the World Series? There's no, like there wasn't an archivist on the. There's staff? not much. There's not much. Wow. And know, like all the old time Met things d- get dating back to the '60s are from these collectors, and uh, so the the ballpark to me it's a nice ballpark, but there's not that uh, that feeling of what you were talking about where you really feel the emotion. Yeah. Now a lot of that is due to the team, obviously yeah, yeah. the way they've played, <laughs> but a lot of it is also due to the way it is with at least in New York with Yankee Stadium and, and City Field, the average fan, the real fan, just can't afford to go to the game that much anymore. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think I've always been fascinated just by the Mets' history in the sense that you talked about how, yeah, when you walk into City Field, Jackie's the first thing you see, and it kind of it confuses some folks because they assume, oh, well, he must have played at least a season with the Mets. No, he never, the Mets didn't exist when Jackie right. was was around. And it's it's I've always been fascinated that, that the orange and blue is, for those of you who may not know, the orange comes from the San Francisco, or the, New York Giants leaving to San Francisco, and the blue comes from the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers blue, and then moved to L.A. So the Mets are always kind of born without an identity. They were kind of born appropriating, you know, other uh, colors, other ideals. So that's always been, every time I meet a Met fan from uh, from that day forward, it always kind of feels like that's just kind of part of your your identity is that you aren't really, you've never really had anything of your own, including now you're saying the memorabilia is not even the Mets' own. It is being loaned from, from other people. So, I mean, how did, when did you learn about that when you were a kid as far as that your colors came from either their team? And did that affect your, your fandom at all? Or, or did that make you feel more connected to New York? Well, the team started in 62. Yeah. And then with the World's Fair in 64, which was the first year of Shea. Shea, Shea opened in 64. you guys were in the polo grounds before they that, the, right? Right, they were in the polo yeah. grounds for 62 and 63. I always just assumed it was, like, it was blue and orange. At, as a kid, I, I thought it was blue and orange. The Mets, the World's Fair was all blue and orange. But the colors of New York City are blue and orange. The wow. official they colors are? of New York City I did City not know that at all. Why is yeah. that? Yeah, if you look at the New York City flag at City Hall or yeah. wherever, it's blue and orange. Oh. Uh, an exact Met blue and orange. So <laughs> really? They, those are the colors, uh, the official colors of New York. And huh. you're right. Then they did take it from the, they, they, the Dodgers and the Giants. But that's an honor to the National League in New York. I know the way Major League Baseball is now, they're kind of getting rid of National League, American League. It, you know, that's a whole other discussion. You think that's really happening? Of course it is. To some degree, it, it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Because of all the interleague. Interleague. Interleague's yeah. every day. The DH 
will be in the uh, National League within ten. It's going to happen. It's, I know. Believe me. I'm, I will say, at this table, sadly, I am the sole AL uh, supporter as a Tigers fan. You know, I, I do love the DH just because the DH has served us well over the years. But as a baseball fan, oh, boy, I do not want the DH yeah. anywhere near the National League. Senior circuit, baby. And it, it, But it's going to be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely, you know, we got a new commissioner in now, and I feel like at the next round of uh, – collective bargaining or whatever it is you know tony clark can only do you know well i mean clark's gonna be the one pushing for it you know yeah, i mean because the i guess the players do want it because they want to be able to play Ex- longer extended career make more money you know yeah it's just it's victor yeah. martinez would not be a detroit tiger you know right now had it not be for the h you know he would have retired years ago but you're right i think that is that's you know to me and, and anthony and i've talked about this before how i love the fact that of, of the major american sports Baseball is the only one that has two separate rules. I mean, I know it's not much, but it really changes the game when pitchers have to bat. And it, it the strategy is just so completely different. I love watching NL baseball. What about that, uh, Bartolo Colon? <laughs> he said, you know what? He said he's going to get three hits. hits. He's going to get three, three hits, hits this year. And I, <laughs> I'll bet the over on that. I think he's been working out in the cages. What Do you have a take on what's happened to David Wright? Or the like is you know in terms of his abilities. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's if how serious he's injured. That I'm not sure. I just think he's he's not going. That the line's not going up. The line's going down yeah. on his career. Yeah. Uh, he's really not he, that old, right? I mean, he's still. What, what is he about? Thirty two. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty three. Yeah, I think thirty two. And he's been in the league for a long time. People forget yeah. how long he's been around, just yeah. because. Yeah, he should. At that age, though, you really should still be putting steroids and everything aside. You you should be just about in your prime years as a ball player. Yeah. So I'm not sure. He's either. You think he makes the move uh, from third to first ever? It's possible. Certainly not this year. No, no, no. Yeah. What of of the? To me, as a you know, like I follow the Mets much more than I follow the Yankees, mostly because of National League, but um. He seems like he's obviously the been the face of the modern day team for a while. Would you say that that's true? And yeah, I would yeah. definitely say that that's and, true. And who are the other who have been for you in the last like decade or so? You know, since you started as a child, and then you had those really super iconic players. Have you been able to attach yourself to other players in more recent times? You know, or that to me, that's been part of the problem. And it could just be that you know, as you get older, you don't feel the same way. You know, as Tom Seaver was my boyhood idol. I, yeah. I worship the guy. Yeah. <laughs> If I'm 55. If I felt that way about a ball player now, they should put me in a mental institution. You know, it's not healthy. Yeah. Although I do see some guys kind of running around like that. Oh, you're not uh, wearing jerseys? You're not painting your face? You're not taking your shirt off of games? Not, and... uh, not often, no. No, I'd, I'm sure I uh, would lose a wife by doing that. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's a little wacky at some point. So for me, that's been part of it, though. And what attracts you to a ball player? For everyone, it's different. Sure, you know. I mean, who was your last? Who was your I mean, before Wright? Who do you think was was the last player that you connected with? Uh... Well, I, I'm not. I've. I don't really connect with Wright. I know I'm in a minority as Met fans. Wow. Uh, I always thought he was a good player, mm-hmm. but that was it. Mm-hmm. And he's a. Uh, I, I never thought he was. Above that, you didn't buy into the whole Captain America theme during the World really. Baseball Classic. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've never met him. I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, you know, he seems like he does a lot off the field. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I don't know. Just there was to me there was just certain guys like you like uh, going back to like uh, Strawberry or yeah. Gooden. Or for me, there was always like Mookie and Dykstra played together. Yeah. Some guys love Dykstra. Yeah. I love Mookie. Yeah, yeah. Why? I, I don't know. Just watching him like run from first to third, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Or, or like just or the name. I, you know, who knows what it is. So recently, I, I would say, you know, Mr. Mets probably been my. <laughs> oh. <laughs> were you? I mean, were you uh, watching the game when Santana had his no hitter? I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching that game and. Uh, yeah, I was pulling for him. I don't know. I never really felt this this great strong attraction to him either. Mm-hmm. It's a, I, I'm not sure what it is. It could just be that I, I, there's so such a negative attitude towards the current ownership of the team yeah. and management of the team that it trickles down. And I try to separate the ball players from that. Uh, so I like like for, for example on the current squad, I, I like 
I love watching uh, Murphy hit. He's yeah. not a great fielder, but I feel the guy gives everything he has, and he's yeah. busting his butt to try to field the ground ball. Yeah. You know, and I I like watching him. I like watching uh, Lagares play center field. I like just like the way it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, other than that, these young pitchers aren't. Doing yeah, anything? Harvey. Harvey, I I love to watch Harvey. Yeah. Harvey, I like to watch Degrom. Yeah. And I would say, for me personally. That's about where it ends with their young pitchers. I, 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 I'm not as sold on some of these other young guys as yeah. a lot of people are. Yeah, Harvey, I love. To Harvey's like a throwback to me. He's like a Baumgartner. There's a, f- a handful of guys currently who are throwback pitchers, where like, give me the ball and get get the hell out of my way. You know, that's <laughs> that's what I've been. No, I, that's what I've been digging about him is how how upset he got uh, uh, about Matt Harvey. How, you mean? Yeah, about how he wanted to come back. Obviously, I think they made the right call in, in holding him back and not throwing his arm out. Because I'll be curious to see how short of a leash they have on him this year. Because that's your ownership. I I don't fully quite understand what they're always trying to do. And so I'm going to be curious to see if they're going to trot him out there to sell tickets or if they're going to you know be safe with him and keep him on a, a, a an innings limit. Just because, you know, now we were talking before the mics came on about how over a billion dollars has been lost, you know, on Tommy John surgery in the last, I think, five years. It's just, it's bonkers what is happening to young pitchers, you know, people in their, in their 20s, you know, low 20s, how these guys are losing. Think, isn't part of it, like, the, in the little leagues, they're not, they're not trying to get them not to throw the breaking ball as yes. much? And, yes, right? they're, 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 like... they're teaching them how to... I remember when I played Little League, I don't know how it was for you guys, but I... I, I learned very quickly. I wanted to be a pitcher, and I was trying to throw a curveball, and my coach just screamed at me in front of my entire team how, you know, I will not be throwing a curveball, and if I think that I want to throw a curveball, that he's going to bench me and all this stuff. And it was no-breaking stuff at 10, 11, 12 years old, which at the time I was upset about, but now I couldn't be happier because I've got an arm that works. And, you know, it's – I think you see these kids that are just throwing their arms out at 10, 11, 12 years old, so by the time they are – 20 it's not about pitch counts i know everyone's got their own opinions about 100 pitches whatever it's just they've probably thrown the equivalent of multiple innings throwing much more 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 difficult uh pitches at 12 13 14 and it's it's because now we've just heard that you know it looks like you darvish is, is probably yep. going to be out for the season and it's i don't know i i want my harvey to be a pitcher for the next 10 years you know i i don't want him to be no offense, Anthony, but Mark uh, Pryor. Mark Pryor. Yeah, no. You know, I, 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 I loved Pryor and Wood. God, those two guys should have been. That should have been the '90s Braves. You know, that Cubs team should have been the '90s Braves. And oh, Dusty Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dusty. I love Dusty. He's a good guy, but he just mismanaged yeah. that 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 squad. There's a there's a quote that in the in the in the Cubs fandom, they. I'm going to paraphrase it, but trot out every once in a while just to talk about Dusty because of course we like in Dusty we trust you I mean there was so much <laughs> like it was so exciting oh, yeah. in so many ways but then there was something he said about like yeah we don't we don't like to take walks it clogs up the base paths <laughs> I mean what does that even mean <laughs> sabermetricians are di- like their heads are exploding yeah you're unfortunately yeah. this is not a show that's ripe with sabermetricians where we're, uh, we got three people here that are more probably on the old school side of thinking but that is one where yeah even non-sabermetricians understand walks Walks are good. Walks are, are something that, that you want sometimes. Uh, you know, I've always actually, with, with a Cubs fan and a Mets fan, I've always, for whatever reason, even when I was a kid, I used to, as being an AL guy, I used to not, not confuse the two fan bases, but I always used to kind of keep them very similar in my head. Well, the sadness, the history there of is, sadness. There is a history of sadness, and I feel like the maybe next year mentality is really, really strong in both fan bases. Where Anytime I met a Cub fan or a Mets fan, there was this eternal optimism in April. There was this eternal optimism of, you know, we got this kid and this kid and this kid who you haven't heard about this guy, but you haven't. But I'm telling you, this kid is going to be the one. And then come August, September, it kind of falls off into, you know, oh, we were talking about ticket prices. I love going to City Field in August and September because you can buy forty dollars tickets yeah. behind home plate. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, I mean, one of the other things I think both teams have shared is not only that optimism in April, but also great seasons that then utterly collapse oh yeah right. like uh, however many years ago it was it was what it was uh, 07 06? when you guys had 17 when? you were 17 17 to play in 10 games ahead and, right. and lost oh that was and didn't even make yeah. the wild card yeah because 06 is I mean, was was your game I, I won't bring up yeah, yeah. 
that was the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, the, the collapse was those seven. It was crazy. So you know, and then we had the the you know the Santo year when when it was the it was the Mets the Miracle Mets who, who took right. took it away. But you know, leading the division by like I don't even know. I of course I don't know the the numbers now, but just killing it, and then in yeah. September completely dropping off the face of the earth. You know, so I mean that that's part of it. I mean I I've always. I had always felt a kinship with the Red Sox too, for some reason. Then, of course, now they've become kind of a dynasty <laughs> off and on, you know. But I mean, the other thing about it though is there's like to me there's like a purity that we were talking or again before the mics came on about like the kind of fans who can be a fan of a team that isn't always winning, absolutely, you know, and and have a relationship to the history of it and to the possibilities of the future. But it doesn't. It's not like fair weather. You absolutely. Know? Well. You know, you were uh, you're a little bit too young for this, but uh, when you guys did lose, when the when the Mets did lose uh, 120 games, you know, I, I've always actually I've never asked the Mets fan this. So in 2003, the uh, My Detroit Tigers lost 119 games, came one game from almost uh, I guess would would be beating the record or or replaying? yeah, it'd be beating the record. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of yeah. it's well, it's just do you say beating the record if it's that? Of type course of you do. You do. Of course you do. <laughs> so so beating the record. And I've always wondered that year. Were you following that at all? Were you? Did you have any connection to that 120 loss team where you were thinking kind of you know the anti Miami Dolphins of yes please let's have uh, the Tigers finally wipe our names from from that part of the record books? Uh, no, just by I was only two, so. But, then, but in 2003, though, did, did that ever oh, come into your mind? Of, did you think that, you know, it'd be nice to, to have our names not be associated with the losingest team in baseball history or in modern baseball history? No, actually the opposite. You, I think a Met fan wants to hold on to that record. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? As a Lions fan, I kind of the 0-16 thing. I never want another NFL team to go 0-16. Because you're right, there is a sick pride in in. You're never going to be worse yeah, than us, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but oh. the, we also, both of our teams have two World Series victories, although theirs are much more recent. A little more recent, recent yeah. You know, but, uh, <laughs> so that's something. I don't know, there's, it's no, the National is. League, it's all that, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, but I don't know, like I said, it's just, I think it was when I was a kid, I think I, I would just kind of confuse the two a lot, and now as Mulder, I think you are right. That's that's probably why. The, the fans of the teams that I met are very, very similar, and I honestly... Unless you're you're just someone who is irrationally angry at things, I've I very, I, I don't meet a lot of people who hate the Mets or who hate the yeah, Cubs. I don't think yeah, that, that you know, would be weird. I, I don't get that. Vi- right? Yeah, you don't really yeah. get that visceral rage that you get towards yeah. the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cardinals or or whoever. It's it's people get rage at the Cardinals. Really? Oh yeah, oh. I've See, met I, some. No, I mean I don't have rage at the Cardinals. I I have total. I really do have respect for them. I mean I, it's like yeah okay great oh great they won again or whatever. <laughs> but I I don't I don't hate them. I think it's a built up rage over time of. You can only respect them for so long after they keep beating you. Where it's like this is this is getting ludicrous. They yeah. how do you have the best farm team in the system and the best major league team in the system year after? That's not supposed to be the way it works. Yeah, you're supposed, supposed to have one or the other, yeah. but they're <laughs> always cycles. yeah. And how are there's every year at the beginning of the season, I look at their team and I think, oh, all right, they got maybe a second or third place team. Maybe they'll go for the wild card. I could see them not making the playoffs. And September comes around, and all of a sudden they've got a five game, ten game lead. It's like how. How did this happen? Yeah, How quietly know. did they did they just ah? But I, I you know, uh, we're not going to talk too much about the current Mets. But I do, you know, you know, the season's about to start here, and I, I am kind of curious as a Met fan, with years and years of futility. Yes, and and how you do start where, as you said, you know, you you've gone through this now. You've gone around uh, a new season every every year for a while now. How do you bring that optimism back? How do you look at this team and say, I like Murphy, I like Harvey, I like these guys? How do you bring yourself up for another 162-game season of please maybe this year? That's really difficult. I mean, I, I'm i not sure. Maybe I'm becoming an old man cynic or something, but I, it's, I don't really have optimism going into the season with them. And I think a lot of it is due to the management of the team. Yeah. But but so I guess my other question then would be instead of like what we've had over the last few years is we have a tremendous amount of optimism in our in our front office and knowing that we're in a in a true rebuilding and it's not just talk like it's actually happening like we have the best farm team farm system according to many people who write about these things. So in these last few years when we've been in the last place there still is what we can look for is the development of these players there's something to root for even though we're not we know we're not going to 
win the division, especially now that the NL Central is super competitive. So, yeah, I don't necessarily have optimism that we're going to the World Series this year. I mean, anything can happen, of course, <laughs> but but I have a lot of optimism to watch again these young players develop. So, for you, do you have anything like that though? Like, it's true because if I if I were a Cubs fan, I would feel the same way. Like, I feel like these guys know what they're doing. They're on a path to something. Yeah. With the Mets, I don't feel that at all. Yeah. At all. Uh, and that's just because you're frustrated with the front office. Yeah, but owners and and the general manager in the front office, I just have no faith in at all. So because of that, it makes it difficult. Even, let's take Harvey, for example. Yeah. I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. How he'll pitch, I have no idea. I think they're maybe expecting a little too much. It, let's just say he... Coming back from surgery. Yeah, yeah, he's coming back from Tommy John, and they just think he's going to just pick up exactly where he left off. Let's, let's say he never had Tommy John. Yeah. And last year was the year before, and he's just going to pitch again. The likelihood of him doing that exact same yeah. thing again already is slim. Yeah. And Lels, he's one of the all-time greats, yeah. which he could be. Yeah. But I don't know if you should bank on that. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of it. Also, uh, you know, for staying on Harvey, when he's a free agent in, I think, three years, there is no doubt— Zero percent in my that he's that he's going to stay term. with the Mets. Yeah. He will be probably a Yankee or or wherever, but he he will not be a Met. So that's part of it too. You feel as a Cubs fan, all right, we're on the right path. Yeah, the guys know what they're doing. The owner is going to put money yeah. in. Here, I don't feel they're going to keep Harvey. I feel a lot of it is just talk with these young pitchers that they have that 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 they're all somehow the next Sandy Koufax. Every single <laughs> one of them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just don't have have faith in them and. They don't. They just don't pay. They they can't use this Madoff thing as an excuse forever, especially yeah, yeah. when they didn't. Lo- apparently, f- from everything I've read, they did not lose money. They actually came out even or ahead in the Madoff thing. Everyone else got wiped out, but they apparently did not get wiped out. So I'm not sure why that's an excuse for them not having money. And even if it is, so then sell the team. So at some point, it's just not fair to, to a fan. Is there like a fan movement to get them to sell the team? That's, <laughs> oh, they're, yeah. they're, I think they're taking billboards out in spring training. Seriously, yeah. fans are. Fans are taking Who's billboards. Who's paying for that? Some group of fans. Oh, yeah. That you they've now. Kickstart that they, thing. Yeah, and they, they're going to uh, take them out in Queens also near the ballpark. And then uh, maybe someone's going to take him out in Queens, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> well, didn't Wilpon tell me he, he just signed on, he's uh, uh, the financial, he's he's helping Major League Baseball on on some... With the, uh, yeah, something like director of finance on a committee. Which is just the most ironic thing on the planet. I don't fully understand how that is. A, I thought we were talking, that might be a C-League, uh, uh, you know, we're going to throw C-League a bone on the way out the door and then help one of his buddies out. Because it just, every time I look at the Mets, I don't understand... People keep saying, well, they're in New York. They're in a big market. They should be able to afford, but they never spend on anybody. They never, and I feel like they do. Look, yes, they're not the Yankees. You know, if you, when you walk around New York, you see, you'll see three giant New York Yankees clubhouse stores and one tiny little Mets clubhouse store. So, yeah, as far as their merchandise and their national brand, their international brand, it's not the Yankees, but it's still New York. You still have a lot of money coming in, and I just feel like I don't know where that money is going because every time they should be in on some of these international free agents you know they should be in on just somebody they need offense right now i have no idea who your offense is you know it's it's sure you might have these kids that are good pitchers but if you're not scoring at least a couple runs a game you can be losing a lot of games one to nothing two to nothing yeah it's also the if you look at it they keep talking about their young pitchers yeah well this is the time it's not like you're building like the cubs they have some guys in the minors that are coming along or some of their it's obvious they're not quite ready yet yeah the mets this is pretty. If it's not now, it's like next year. It's like this is it. Like the pitchers for, for those pitchers. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Th- this is their yeah. time. Yeah. It's not going to be forever. So you need somebody to back them up. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's do something because Harvey may not be there. Yeah. Uh, other guys are going to naturally have Tommy John down the road. It's just the way it is now. This is it. Like, <laughs> yes. just let, let's go. Like, and do something. Well, good luck to the Mets. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it. <laughs> oh, no, I would love, especially, you know, especially in that division. It's They are my favorite team in that division by a long shot. You know, I, I you'll never see me rooting for the Phillies. And, and you know, the Marlins, the <laughs> Marlins, yeah. And, and the Marlins just, they, they confuse me. I never quite understand what type of team they're trying to put on. 2003, ow, Marlins, ow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know ow. what, though? I can't, once again, as a Tigers fan, 
we basically brought a bunch of the Marlins up with us, you know, when Dave Dombrowski came on, we brought Leland, we brought Mickey, we brought, so, I mean, I, I do love the Marlins yes. for that. They were our farm system for, for a yes. couple of years there, which really helped uh, the Tigers get from, you know, 119 losses to the pennant. But I, I don't know. I, I, I like the Mets in that division. Maybe it is just living in New York for, for the last, you know, eight, nine years now where I've, by proxy, I, I I now I empathize so much, and I just I want you guys to win so badly because you need it, you deserve it. Actually, both you guys, you know. Oh yeah, I, man. Come I grew on. up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and so we were about two and a half hours between Detroit and Chicago. So half my friends were Cubs fans, half my friends were were Tigers fans, and I mean the Cubs at this point, you you've kind of fallen into a nice rhythm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it is what it is. It you know. Well, we did have, I mean, we did have a few years from '03 till you know. What it was it? Oh nine, whatever year. I can't remember the last year we we were in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, but it was that first round sweep out of the playoffs. Those two years we went back. We like won the division by, you know, good margin. Really great teams. Then I'll never forget. I mean, when when the ball went through Gonzalez's leg in legs in. Uh, yeah, well, uh, he booted it, and he. Yeah. I saw a really great Bob Costas thing recapping that game. You know, this famous game, of course, in two thousand. This is a Steve Bartman game for yeah. those of you who may not know. In two thousand three, and Gonzalez was on on the little three-person or four-person panel and he's like that was on me he took full responsibility i mean it was like and yeah i thought that especially was after alu threw his little temper tantrum <laughs> yes. out there which i mean look I, I i can't judge i'm not a professional athlete but it's kind of like brother it was a foul ball yeah. it's it's you know yeah. you, <laughs> and then dusty didn't take prior out you know it was like so many little dominoes fell yeah but we were like i you know i was with i had a few friends over we were watching that game and it was you know five outs away winning by what we were winning by three. Oh God! I yeah, I was I I was working was, for ESPN at the time. It's crazy. We were watching it on the big screen. I'm standing there watching it on this 14 by 16 foot screen, and as soon as the ball basically booted out of Gonzalez, I literally dropped to my knees. I dropped to my knees, and I was like, "That's it. It's over." I I felt all the because that wind. was a routine ball. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that wasn't a smash. It was no absolutely weird that was hop. a was mental gaff at that point. Yeah, you know. But so, all right, now oh, we is, got the time of the is, show. It, is it time for yes. things? Is it time for a thing? We are going to be playing uh, uh, a game called Rounding the Bases, tentatively called Rounding the Bases, where we're going to be asking our, our uh, guests four trivia questions. They will get a little bit harder with each one. If you get one right, it's a single, two, it's double, three, it's triple, four, it's a home run. As we get more fans of each individual team, we're going to see who can score the most runs, and maybe at the end of the season we'll tally it up and, and uh, see who is the champion of the Clubhouse so I'm going to stack it with Cubs fans, only Cubs fans, only Cubs fans. I'm going to get some Tigers <laughs> fans in here, and when the and I, I come up with the trivia questions, the Cubs fans are going to get the harder ones, and the Tigers ones are going to get who is the Tigers manager in 2006, and that'll be their home <laughs> run question. Uh, so, all right. We are going to uh, switch off. So we're going to start off uh, pretty easy here. Uh, so for a single. So stepping up to the plate is Jay Goldberg. Have you ever thought about what your number would be if you were if you were going to play uh, Major League Baseball? What would your number be? Well, my my number in high school was seventeen for some reason. I don't know why. My lucky number is thirteen. So. All right. Oh well, then number let's do thirteen. So right, coming to the plate. Thirteen. Leading off for the New York Mets, number thirteen, Jay Goldberg. All right, so for a single, who was the MVP of the 1969 World Series? See, I'm not a trivia expert. Uh oh. So gonna... Oh no. Uh oh. He had to drink water to like uh -oh. to give himself some strength. See, I have Seaver in my head, but Seaver was uh, was not the MVP. I'm I'm gonna say it's either either Don Clend. Oh I, no, I have to come up with one guy, Don Clendenin. You are correct. Donald yeah, Clendon is the MVP now. of the you 1960. He went the other way and he got on base. So that is a strong single to right field. I like it. Okay. So you now, are a righty? Are you a righty? I am a righty. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes. So you want to ask the second question? Okay. Are you ready for this? Let's go. What year did Shea Stadium host its only all-star game? 19. It's only all-star game. Yep, only one. Uh, 64. Yes. Look at you. Yes. Nice double. That's All a right. good one. Wow. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it. Like, if that question were asked to be Wrigley, I would never be able to tell you that. 
So maybe I should make that the third base question. The third base question, we'll see. This this is this might be a little bit of a tough one, but you might get it right away. We don't know. So it's gonna be a question about Mike Piazza. Okay. So Mike Piazza was traded to the New York Mets. What team did the New York Mets trade to get uh, trade with to, to get Mike Piazza? So who did the Mets get Mike Piazza from? The Marlins. Wow. He played five games for the Marlins. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. Here's what I think happened. Okay, he got a single, double, so they're second and third. He gets a triple, so he got two runs scored for the Mets, right? You had already hit a single and then a double, so you got runners on second and third, nobody out. And you know what? You a I like that. And you I got like two runs scored. I like that better. Excellent. You're right. All right, so two. Yeah. So the Mets are already on the board for two runs. Yes, that'll get more yes, runs on the board. Come on. I like that. You're yes. right. All right. Well, then here is the home run question. This might be difficult. We will see. I don't know. You've done well. For we got nobody so out, too, by the way. Nobody out. So here's the home run. All right. I guess, yeah. So you get three outs. You get three guesses at it. So over the, oh. over the entire thing, you get three guesses at it. Yeah. Which is the only team to not have a winning record over the 62 Mets? So everyone in the league had a, had a winning record against 62 Mets and their 120 losses, except for one team. Washington. It's, that's uh, out number one. Hold on. Oh, no, oh, out number get, one. Oh, sorry. You got out number one. So, right. so, so you yeah, got that's one right. out now. Yes. So we got two more outs. Oh, two more guesses. On yeah, the same two more question. guesses. Two more yeah, guesses. You got, you, got a, you got a runner on third with one out. Mm-hmm. You can still score a run. Yeah, and that was a ground ball to the pitcher. So <laughs> runner on third really couldn't move. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies. <laughs> Pop up. Oh, good Lord. Right behind home plate, too. The catcher caught that one. Third out. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to pull this one out of the blue. Uh, the Giants. Ah, no. no. You stranded that runner on third. We have it's the Chicago Cubs. It's the Chicago yes. Cubs. The Chicago Nobody Cubs. out. Nobody what? out runner on third. No run score. <laughs> all right, so he got two he runs. Got two run, he got two, two runs, runs in. in. That but, is, you, but you killed the rally, though. I so had to say you well, killed the rally. As a Cubs fan, I, I didn't feel comfortable. But I will tell you, the, the Cubs didn't have a losing record. They had a tied record. They were 9-9. Uh, very tricky question. They yes. were 9 Well, <laughs> it's a, no, but, judge for that. That's no, a home no, run, no. though. That's, yeah. that's, you know, if you're going to hit a home run, yeah. you got to earn it. you got to earn it. That's a tough one. But well done. We got two runs scored for the lowly Mets. So... You're not a trivia guy, but do you remember the 69 series very well? Do you remember Don McClendon? Do you remember watching him play? Don or... McClendon? Yeah. 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 I, I remember this. I was nine. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's but, an age you can remember. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I didn't pick up at the time that in retrospect you do is how much of a miracle this really was that yeah. the team was so bad every year. And then all of a sudden they were fantastic. Yeah, and it was like journeyman too. I mean, when you're, and you're right? seven, I mean, there was no like superstar except for receiver. You know, they, but, had, they had great pitching. Yeah, but like in they terms had, of the yeah, in terms of the the, the position players, yeah. it wasn't like there was like other than Cleon Jones who hit like three forty something that right, year. Right. But yeah, other than that, just, and you guys were seven years into existence at that point, right? Like I think. Yeah, sixty-two was their first season. Yeah, so I, I mean like that's the that's, Diamondbacks. I'm about to say up until the Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Marlins. Well, the Marlins were because yeah, the Diamondbacks were three yeah, years. Uh, which yeah. I mean, good God, three years. But the Mets yeah. have come in last place every single year. Yeah, so to yeah. go from that to you that know. is is and that was still when obviously it was just the pennant. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, and they won hundred games. I mean, they were yeah. they were. Uh, it wasn't a joke, but yeah. everyone just thought there's no way they could beat the Orioles. So, and I do remember the Orioles having like stars. Yeah. But to me. As a nine-year-old, the Mets had stars, too, that probably were not stars. <laughs> yes. You know, like Bud Harrelson, to me, was the greatest shortstop. You know, it, 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 and some of the, you know, Al Weiss hit a home run in the World Series. He had, I, I believe he had never hit a home run. In, at, his, in his career? Yeah, at, at home. I, I think it was the first home run he ever hit. And wow. he hit a home run in a World <laughs> Series. Game. That's amazing. Like, yeah. things like that just happen. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. Is, that is awesome. And, uh... So you have that. See, you have a mem- You have an actual memory of the World Series victory. <laughs> I have storybooks. Hey, I, I was, have old timey pictures. Yours is coming though. Yours is. Yeah. Coming. I was one years old in '84. So yeah, I don't have a remember. I don't have a memory for for the Tigers yeah. either. You know, yeah. we got a couple of pennants, but yeah. yeah, you're the only one at this table. You've gotten to see two. So what is lowly Mets fans nonsense? Yeah. you've gotten two. Yes. Neither one of us <laughs> have gotten any. It's it's. I should be more optimistic. I yeah. mean, what do you remember more fondly, '69 or '86? I remember 86 more fondly uh, just because I was probably too young to appreciate what 69 meant. Uh, and I love the 86 team. Yeah. Uh, they, that team was di- like like getting back to the, the early question about yeah. who I liked recently with the Mets. The, the, that the, team, yeah. every guy. Yeah. And it, it was just kind of all Met fan, fans of that, of that who liked that team felt the same way. Like every guy you just love in their own way. Uh, 
and they were a great team. That was a great team. And do you feel like, you know, some of the things that have fallen on some of those players, I mean, does that, do you have like, does your heart go out to them? You know, I mean, is it, yeah, we actually had surprised uh, in retrospect or not. I mean, not really in the sense of, uh, as you get older, you realize that's just what, that's life, you know, and, and. It's sad to see it with these guys who who you love so much as yeah. as ball players who you thought were indestructible. Yeah. But I mean, the the saddest part is Gary Carter, yeah. uh, the cleanest living guy of the entire team, who who's the one who passed away. Yeah. You yeah. know. So that. But Dwight Gooden was here for Father's Day 2013 for a special private event. He's doing okay. He's doing great, yeah. and he what a sweet guy. Good. Yeah. And you just couldn't help but uh, uh, root for this guy, and I. So I didn't feel bad for him uh, uh, looking at it back once I got to meet sure. him that way. Yeah. But, yeah, like you, you sit there and they've had a lot of – but I think you would say that for – like if you picked any team that you liked and picked a certain year, you'd probably be like, wow, I can't believe this guy got sick. This guy passed away. Sure. This happened. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. just, it, it's the group of, of your friends from going back to college or whatever. Sure. You know, it's just the way it is. So – Well, so we're going to be wrapping up pretty, uh, pretty quickly here, but I wanted to ask you just kind of one last question. Uh, if you had to kind of look back over your life and, and pick out that one moment where you said, this is, in my life, the quintessential Mets moment, whether it's, it doesn't have to be a big moment that everybody remembers. It could be just something in your life, something you share with your dad, something you share with your friends, just that one ball game or at a bar watching the game or anything. We said, that's my favorite Mets memory. You know, uh, what would that be? Uh, for me, it's easy. Uh <laughs> And it has nothing to do with a ball game. And that's what, to me, what baseball is. It's not about, oh, yeah, I remember, like, on that 2-1 pitch, he did that. Like, ball for a ball player, that's what it is. Yeah. But for the fans, for me, it's, uh, which is why I'm a Mets fan. Uh, it's why I'm a baseball fan. Let, let me let me put it that way. So, uh, in 1964, when it's my first game that I remember. My dad took me to my first game in 1963 at Yankee Stadium. He wanted me to see Whitey Ford pitch. I was three years old. I didn't quite appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So all I remember is uh, crawling underneath the seats looking for bottle caps because you used to, like, dig out the the cork, and underneath would be a ball player's picture in the bottle cap. So that's all I did the whole game. So I don't remember anything. Uh, In 64, though, he took me to Shea. That's the first game I remember, and I remember this vividly. And I don't remember one thing about the game uh, on the field. But I remember walking down after the game, those giant concrete uh, ramps, which were huge. And I remember coming down the ramp and holding a little Mr. Met doll that my dad bought me in one hand and holding my dad's hand uh, with my other hand. And that's will always be my greatest baseball memory, no matter what happens. That's beautiful. That's that's why all of us are here, basically. I think we, I think all of us have a a similar memory. It may not be with our dads or our moms, but we all have that that memory of our first time coming to the ballpark, whether it's with your friends or or, or whatever. It's just. But nobody has the awesome Mr. Met except Mets fans. That <laughs> is very Met true. Is Mr. Met is. I actually got a when I I went to City Field a couple years ago uh, for the first time and. I, I don't know why I'd never met Mr. Met at Shea. Like it just I never, you know, came across him and he was walking down the concourse and for like a millisecond I was oh I got really, really excited. And then I caught myself, I was like, You're a grown man. <laughs> you are not allowed to get that excited but seeing a man with a giant baseball head. But he was great. I, I I he's one of the better mascots in in the league. So Jay, um Anything you want to want to plug? You want to we got to plug the, uh, the the clubhouse here and maybe the the mailing list to get people in uh, to come. Jay during the during the season has some of the uh, I I will say this so he doesn't have to. Honest to God, the best collection of baseball minds I've ever seen in my life all congregate here uh, during the baseball season. You get uh, a lot of great authors, people who work for ESPN, MLB Network, just. Uh, and just fans as well. You know, we've had old Negro League ball players in here, once again, just as fans to hang out. And you get to talk baseball with people who no one's going to judge you about your level of knowledge. You could be one year into the sport and, and you are welcome here with, with open arms. And uh, we've got great authors that come in, great athletes that come in to give talks. And uh, so, yeah, this is without a shadow of a doubt, my absolute favorite place in the city to go to. And uh, if you have never been to the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse, uh, yeah, I, once again, I don't know what's wrong with you. You you need to be. 
So, so Jay, just let them know how to find how to find you. Well, you said it better than I ever could. So all I'll add is uh, we're at 67 East 11th Street between Broadway and University Place, right around the corner from the Strand Bookstore, which is a New York landmark, so it's easy to find. Uh, we're here every day except Sunday for the most part. You may want to call or email first just to double check. As Manish said, we have events all the way uh, th throughout the season. We're or throughout the year. We're already booked through June with some great events. So definitely stop by for an event or any time. Why don't you just quickly tell us some of the past people? So we've had athletes and authors, but who are some of the notable guests that we've had here at the clubhouse? We've had, uh, I mean, Pulitzer Prize winners. Uh, Ira Burkow has been here a couple times. George Vesey, uh, Harvey Arden. Those are just some of the writers from the New York Times who have been here for books. Uh, Marty Appel has been here a couple times. He's coming back. Dwight Gooden, Ken Griffey, uh, Bill Giles, the owner of the Phillies. Uh, Jim Cott is coming up for a special event in May, I believe it is. Uh, every, every author has been great, every, no matter uh, who it's been. Uh, we've had about uh, about 85, 90 authors here, closing in on 100 authors since we first opened four and a half years ago. So, uh, as well as great art events with premier uh, artists, uh, James Fiorentino, uh, Vincent Silla, Lou Grant, uh, Margie Lawrence, Emily Mancini, uh, Sean Kane, all types of artists. Gre gre I, I, everyone is is fantastic, and then we've had great panel discussions with. Major League Scouts, which have been probably our most popular events. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I think we had a Cubs scout. scout yeah, for the Cubs uh, twice, who's uh, a legendary scout with the Cubs and, cool. and one of the sweetest men you'll ever meet. He's the, the scout who signed both Sean Dunstan and uh, Jamie Moyer. Oh, cool. So not yeah. bad. Thank you so, so much, Jay, for being our, our inaugural guest here and kind of helping us out. And uh, we're going to be here at the Bugino Baseball Clubhouse every single episode. You know, come and say hello. So join us next time here at the Clubhouse. Thanks for listening, folks. The Clubhouse is recorded at the Bugino Baseball Clubhouse, located on 67 East 11th Street in New York City. You've heard enough plugging about Bruginos in the last uh, 45 minutes here, but I just want to give you guys one special deal that Jay is offering. When you make your way down to Bruginos, all you have to do is mention that you heard about the clubhouse on our show. Just mention the show in general, and you will get a free bag tag with any purchase. These bag tags are pretty cool. All my luggage has got the Bruginos Baseball Clubhouse bag tags all over them. The clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese, the website and logo were designed by Ronan Jorah. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you get a chance, give us a five-star rating, comment on it. That's how iTunes starts pushing our podcast up the list so more people can start discovering it. Follow the show on Twitter at ClubhousePod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. For guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at ClubhousePodcast at gmail.com. Please visit us at clubhousepodcast.com for pictures and detailed show notes that will help you learn about many of the baseball moments we discussed in the clubhouse this week. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.